This is a fourth hand production. They know this stuff. Alan Watts, I read you that quote, knows mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that they're driven to love because that's what they do. Okay. Whereas I'm driven to share with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's why I share my astrotheology with everybody. That's why I share this with everybody. Um, the problem with a lot of people is they didn't really have a way to, um, how do I say this? Um, understand modern society and how to market this the right way. Story in the news today. You believe in ghosts and the paranormal? Are they are they UFOs or are they like some crazy experimental, you know, governmental I don't uh, know, planes man. that they're building? Police in Española are catching more than just criminals. They're catching images of what they believe are ghosts. There's this weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Juggles. I'm Shane. I'm tired. <laughs> you look tired, bro. God damn it. And here I am pushing Russian. you like, come on, man. Get your shit together. Get home. Get ready for this interview. Totally my <laughs> fault, dude. <laughs> so, uh, it happens. It does. It does. Yeah. And like I said, every now and again, we get guests on that um, are like East Coast time or sometimes like a completely different like England time zone. Uh, yeah. You know, you don't realize how much it throws you off. Right. Yeah. So. Anyway, but anyway, good to have you, listeners. Good to have you here. Uh, welcome again to Strange Uncles. Uh, if you're new listeners, enjoy. If you're old listeners, hopefully this uh, <laughs> we continue to entertain you one way or another. Uh, we did a go- get a couple added Patreon members, so want to thank you for that. Um, hopefully we can throw some stuff out at you. I know I talked to um, you, Josh, about it. In fact, we'll try to have it kind of prepped, I think. I want to say like just before Halloween, Give me a few days to kind of edit, but we've got some special Patreon episodes that we have. Uh, hit some really cool local um, supposed haunted spots here locally in Washington. Um, some really cool stuff, some cool walkthroughs, some cool history. Uh, and again, you know, 30, 45 minute little blips, but uh, it's the least we could do is show that to our patrons um, just for being patrons. So stand by for at least one bonus episode before Halloween, and then I'll try to have a couple more uh you know, throughout the holidays, um, maybe something to fill in the uh, vacation, you know, because we're about to wrap up season six and set it for season seven. And we talk about this, but your job swamps you absolutely through the holidays. I know mine's no different. And so it's always a nice time to reset. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. But, you know, appreciate it. But anyway, um, a couple tidbits. So, again, you know, movie talk more than anything just because we like movies. Uh, I wanted to ask you, and I haven't had a chance to, so I'm catching off guard. So, sorry, man. Don't hate me. Uh, have you had a chance to check out Halloween Ends yet? On, no. Or you, you're not, well, you're not a horror fan anyway. So, I, yeah. <laughs> I think it's stuff rolls down your rolls down your, your pike for sure. Um, interesting. You know, yeah, I'm not going to say this going to be the last Halloween one. What, there's like fucking 18 or whatever. It's just ridiculous. But it's just funny. Jamie Lee Curtis is still doing it. They're still rolling it out. And everybody is so criticized about, oh, why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? I'm like, fuck, beep. It's Halloween, people. How many times yeah. can you reinvent the show? 
Why are How you? How many times can you not kill Jason somehow? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but holy shit, here's another method they or tried to get rid of him. Whatever his like, fucking oh, name fuck, is. Yeah. Oh, it's Michael Myers. I think Jason's the Friday the 13th guy. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, folks. Get my soul killers. The same to me. Well, they all have weird masks, right? You know, and walk away, walk around like they're, you know, all crammed up. I don't know. I, it's just whatever. But, you know, we had to watch it just because, you know, I have to. I got to say, I, you know, put a, I guess, a notch on that bedpost. I, I feel bad if these come out and I don't actually try to watch them, you know. But anyway, a lot of good stuff out there to see. Um, you know, so check it out. You know, let us know what uh, what your thoughts are. You can uh, write us at strangejunglesgmail.com or you can call us at 801 801- Two five two sixty nine forty five. You know, let us know if you've got uh, you got something you watch, something you want to do, or even a topic subject, and we set up for um, for the next season. You know, let us know. And we'll we'll put that out there. But um, we're going to kind of jump into this a, a bit because I <laughs> well, for, let me. Pr- so we've had this guy on before. We've had this guest on before. Uh, his last interview, I want to say season four. It was like episode I want to say eight or nine or something around that time frame. His name's Micah Danks. Um, been around for a while. Uh, the guy's a writer, obviously, uh, and researcher in the esoteric sciences, and and you'll you'll know that once you listen to the interview. Um, kind kind of amazing stuff. I think the last time we had him on, we really did. We talked about some of the symbolism, some of the hidden meanings within the Bible, astrology. Uh, he did a great job, kind of laying it out, and kind of blew our minds back then. I remember John going, "Whoa, I don't really know where to." take this <laughs> so yeah. there's a lot you know when we had him back on season four this is even worse uh not, not worse in a bad way but worse in a great way i mean I, I think how he lays things down really makes you want to think and we'll say you know to you listeners just you know listen to it you i'll be honest with you you might kind of rewind a couple times you know hit the back button 10 seconds just to catch the gist of what he's saying as he reads through things um Fascinating conversation about, you know, us as human beings and part of creation and part of other things. And again, we're not going to give it away, but uh, just phenomenal stuff, man. I, and I don't know, you know, if you have anything to add to that before we roll into it, but, uh, but man, set me back a bit. Yeah. Um, you're not going to hear me saying much because it was like, um, what? Oh, I, I know. Yeah, I know. Bewildering. Yeah. And, and I, yeah, exactly. And I think. Even some of the questions I had, I don't know, some of them, I don't know. I, I really, it's just a matter of how to understand what he's saying and how he's saying it. So anyway, without further ado, we got Micah Danks back on. Um, and we are actually going down the rabbit hole with Micah and talking about what is God. And uh, fascinating conversation. Open the gates. Micah D. Dank was born in 1983 in Oceanside, New York. From a young age, he had wanted to be a writer, coming from a family of writers. After growing up and making it to college, he finally got his wish and earned his bachelor's degree in language, literature, and criticism from the Hunter College in Manhattan, and that's when he found his passion for writing. Later, after moving to Boston, he became infatuated with the esoteric sciences, which we actually covered a couple episodes ago, including astrology and astrotheology and set out to write books and speak on these topics. He wrote books bringing these topics through a fictional perspective, but in between the words, implying that there were truth and hidden meanings within the pages. 
These books called Between the Veil series has been a cornerstone into his work and research. We have had Mike on before and we feel that we literally only scratch the surface and the proverbial tip of the iceberg with some of the stuff we were talking to. So we decided to invite him back on again. And here we are. And Micah, it is fantastic to have you back on Strange Uncles. Welcome. Thanks. It's great to do podcasts again. I took a little hiatus. Oh, did you really? <laughs> Not too much for one, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was a few months, but I, okay. uh, I'm back. Oh, no. Thanks. Fantastic. Yeah, I know. And I can So honestly, I think we can start here. So I was looking back. You and I were kind of chatting a little bit, uh, you know, pre-record. Um, we had you on. We kind of know some of the topics we were talking about. One thing that I, I, I guess I just want to do a quick synopsis for the listeners that may be new on kind of your work, kind of how you got into it and the premise of it. I know that one of the meanings, uh, astrotheology, you know, I, I've heard of it, right. uh, Josh has, but it's something that's not really prevalent. Um, maybe kind of just kind of unwrap that a bit for the folks. There's not a lot of people at all talking about it. Oh, okay. there's very few. There's very few experts on it. Uh, um, Jordan Maxwell, rest in peace, was one of them. He's the pioneer. Santos Bonacci, who I teach for now on his syncretism school. Mm. Bill Donahue. Um, there's there's a few stragglers out there that are just like really, but there's not a lot. There's really just like a handful of people that talk about this. Astrotheology, the best way to describe it is it's the mythology of the zodiac and how it applies to hidden codes in ancient holy texts. Okay. So okay. I've traced a specific code back from the Epic of Gilgamesh, which is Sumerian, to the Aduma Elish, which is Babylonian, mm-hmm. to the Egyptian Book of the Dead, to the Code of Hammurabi, okay, which is where we get the basis of all our laws from. Okay. Hmm. And uh, the Quran, even. And the Bible. And I focus mainly on the Bible, the Old Testament and the New Testament and the Quran uh, and pretty much everything I was talking about. But it's not just that. These codes are also in the esoteric texts. They're also in the Gospel of Thomas. They're also in the Enoch. They're also in all these texts. Um, the only ones that I haven't really decoded is I haven't decoded books 7 through 66 in the Bible. And I haven't decoded the um, I did the Apocrypha. But I haven't decoded the, um, it, it, it eludes me right now, um, the Nag Hammadi, that's it. I haven't done the Nag Hammadi yet, but I'm, I'm set to do that. That's really all that's left. So, so is that um, just something that you just really haven't had time to get to yet? Or is it, uh, it seems to make oh, yeah, some more Yeah, depth? I've got, because I keep writing books. Sure, sure. On all this information, you know, I've got, I've got my eighth, is com- my eighth book is coming out uh, Christmas. Uh, my publisher's putting it out in Christmas. And then I have to, I wrote the last chapter of the ninth book and I'm going to end the series on the ninth book. Oh, but okay. I wrote the last chapter of the ninth book. Um, I figured nine books for a series. After that, you just kind of jump in the shark. But, um, you know, amazingly fun breeds. Re- it's like, it's like a, it's like a literal le- legitimate Da Vinci code. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that's what I've basically been up to. My latest thing that I've been doing is um, I figured out something that I'm going to share with you guys. Okay. And it's what Buddha, it's what Buddha figured out under the fig tree. It's what Krishna and Vishnu figured out. It's what the Dalai Lama knows. It's what all the mystics know. It's what the, uh, the, um, the yogis know. Okay. And I'm going to share that with you guys and your listeners now. Okay. It's going to be very heavy and some of it will go. I mean, it, It'll go over some people's heads. Some people will pick it up and it'll bring them immense joy and they'll burst into tears when they realize how simple it is. Hmm. And 
uh, religious people will have a very visceral reaction to this. Now, is that okay, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming just because you know, and religious, you're, you're kind of blown their, I guess their foundation of their belief kind of out of the water a bit. I would assume. Yeah, I mean, well, what really happens? What happens with me? What happens like with the kind of work that I do, and the kind of work that I talk about is um, what happens when you when you realize the kind of stuff I'm talking about and it like hits you is you'll go through the five stages of grief with your religion. With your with Moses with Jesus, you'll go through the five stages of grief, um, and it'll break you down, but it'll bring you back up on the other side. Mm-hmm. Cool, F- fairly I'm emotional. Interested. That's <laughs> that's the thing I can imagine. So, mm-hmm. we still got you, Micah. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. Um, outstanding. No. And I think, so that's a great definition of what astrotheology is. And I get, you said something about you had a PowerPoint you were going to share and, and I, you know, and again, you know, it's a podcast listeners, but I think, you know, hopefully we can kind of describe it and break it. Well, down this is more bit. of a visual so, for you guys. Okay. Not, oh, nice. Sure. Sure. It, this is, this is just for reading purposes, but okay. I'm going to, uh, my PowerPoint is entitled, what is God? It's a definition of God. It's an explanation of what God is. It's what the ancients knew. And it's what, what for example, Akhenaten knew. This is what the Greek philosophers knew. They okay. knew this. We have forgotten this, and I'm going to teach it to you again. Okay, okay. it's very it, it's it's a very big buildup, but it's actually quite simple. So, what is God? Okay, got to explain to people what God is. So let's start. This is from my first book, Into the Rabbit Hole Beneath the Veil. Okay, okay, which is on Amazon, which you can get signed directly through me, whatever you want to do on social media or whatever. Yep. Scientists have determined through completion of the genome project that humans are roughly 99.7% identical DNA-wise. Two penguins are more genetically different than you and I are. Hmm. Whoever finds this, I want you to try this experiment. Write your name down. Write your two parents' names down above yours. Now you have four grandparents, eight great-grandparents, and you go on. Let's go back 35 generations. It roughly takes you to the year 840 AD. You will have 137 billion people. The number of ancestors list reminds me of the story of the servant summoned by the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh was pleased with how the servant was doing and wanted to reward him. Serving you is all I desire, sir, the servant insisted. No, I insist you ask for something, anything you desire, the Pharaoh said back. This went back and forth until the Pharaoh got mad and threatened punishment. After thinking long and hard, the servant seeing a chessboard in front of him said on day one i want one piece of rice on the second i want two each day you will double the previous days until this chessboard is complete okay i will place a grain on each square representing each day completed the first day the pharaoh sent his finest servant in a parade with a golden pouch to deliver the grain the amount grew exponentially and halfway through the board there was no more grain in the land the pharaoh summoned the servant back in your highness all i ever wanted to do was serve you replied the servant the servant although now the wealthiest man in the land had retained his hubris it was there that the pharaoh learned not to question humility or assume that giving material gifts as tokens of appreciation were all that mattered as for the servant he continued to work for the pharaoh however he had taken all the rice and continued to feed all the poor and homeless until the day of his death Hmm. the point of both of these stories is that it's simple math in fact it's how cells divide in your body and mass produce it's exponential 
The reason I stopped at this particular time frame, 840 BC, I mean, 840 AD, is because 140 billion people is roughly how many people it's been calculated that have ever lived on planet Earth. 140 billion people. Okay. That is. Even if we take the Bible literally, we still need to get to October 23rd, 4004 BC. We're still in a pickle here. There needs to be a way to bridge the gap. And this is where the pedigree collapse theory comes in. Hmm. The concept states that there is no other explanation other than a whole lot of incest. Sometimes, like in the case of the Kentucky blue people, there are no branches on the family tree. Sometimes, like in the banking or royal families, it is to preserve money or special genetics. Based on our DNA, geneticists say that the farthest point one person can be on the planet from another is 50th cousins. If your mom was from country X and your dad was from country X as well, there's a 20% chance they share a common ancestor within 10 generations back. So what does this all mean? Well, in a nutshell, it means far back enough. We are all related and all one, and we should start to act like it. So let's explore different cognitive viewpoints. How about from a creationist then? Well, we all came from Adam and Eve, technically Eve from Adam's rib. And even more technically, Adam was made from mud and dirt from the world God created. How about from an evolutionist then? Okay, let's start with the Big Bang. Let alone the fact that all the material we came from an infinitesimally dense singularity, and nobody seems to want to explain where that singularity came from, but we'll let that slide. We were all one at one point. How about the idea of source energy then? If our souls are like crumbs off a cookie, the cookie being source, God, whatever you want to call it, then we are all connected multidimensionally, and upon death, it will be a vibrational change of frequency back to it. Let's try one last one. Aliens placing us here. You would still have to account for the first humans and how we all came about. You don't just magically have a species. Poof, we're here. Or do you? If so, who created the first test group of people? Secondly, what we... What about the first spirit consciousness of DNA that evolved this higher level of thinking? There is a big difference between what I am writing and a monkey who's fed up with people taking pictures of him and throwing his shit at them. Still, though, the point is that at some point, things had to come back to a singularity in the sense of one source, one point. Hmm. Humans are so quick to think of the end of the world, things ending, but what they can't do is think about the beginning or if there was something before a beginning. This was my first book that I wrote 10 years ago that, I, this, that, that this was in. That section was from my first book, Into the Rabbit Hole Beneath the Veil. I wrote that when I was 28. Okay. Okay. And it was so close to the ultimate truth that I'm going to share with you. So first, we need to define God. Okay. You need to give proof that there is a creation or a creator. We need to see evidence of that. The sun tells the hour of the day. The moon tells the day of the month. The zodiac tells the month of the year. If you've ever heard me talk astrotheology, you know this is true. This is a perfect clock, okay? Aside from the fact that DNA is a computer blueprint for life and that we have a perfect calendar in the heavens, in the middle of nowhere in the Milky Way galaxy, there is a perfect calendar for us to figure out. These are fingerprints of of God. This shows that something was created. Okay, so now we've defined God as existing. But where is God? Well, it must be beyond space and time, beyond the 11 dimensions of string theory. Ask any religious person to define God and they will tell you a few things. They'll tell you he's uh, infallible. He's perfect. He's loving. Mm -hmm. They will tell you he's um, what are the words? Um, All knowing. 
All seen, say all that, that stuff. Yeah. All that. They will say he's infinite. Mm-hmm. And this is the point that I'm trying to drive home. God is infinite. How can something exist outside of infinity? It can't. The biggest lie we've been taught is that we are separate from God, that we should fear it, that we are separate from it. We are a part of it. Many of you have children. They are literally half your DNA, so they are a part of you. But you experience them subjectively outside your body. So is with God with us. A piece of God comes down in what we call consciousness into a body, and we feel separate from it. We are all God experiencing itself subjectively. If you are infinite and everything, nothing can exist outside of you, not space or time. So what is the only thing to do? What is the only logical thing to do if you are everything? You are the alpha, the omega, you are everything. The only way to, what are you going to do? Learn something new? No, you're everything. You can't do that. The The only thing you can do is to trick yourself into thinking you're not God and experience yourself subjectively. So we are basically a species with amnesia living in a simulation. Einstein said about God that he believes in the God of Spinoza. Baruch Spinoza was a thinker who said that God doesn't want you huddled in churches and temples in the cold, praying as loud as you can with others, praying the loudest. Jesus says that those that give for publicity or pray the loudest, they have their reward. That's from Jesus. If you pray, pray by yourself. So what does they have their reward mean? They have their reward basically means um, to break that down is that you don't do things. You don't pray the loudest because you're feeling it because it's pure. You're doing it for the adulation of other people. Okay. And that's an impure motive. Mm -hmm. It's like people that give to homeless, but take pictures of it. Okay. They have their reward. So he says, if you pray, pray by yourself. Spinoza's God wants you to go to the mountains and the lake and enjoy what I am created for you and worship that way. The biggest lie we've ever been collectively told is that we need to fear and worship. When we are a baby, we are in our mother's womb. The mother being the supreme being is aware of the baby. However, the baby is not aware of the mother from its vantage point, as is with us with God. We are each a piece of God, unaware of the whole because we're in the middle of it. Now we get into Alan Watts, okay? His famous quote, Jesus Christ knew he was God. So wake up and find out eventually who you really are. In our culture, of course, they'll say you're crazy and you're blasphemous. And they'll either put you in jail or in the nut house, which is pretty much the same thing. Mm -hmm. However, if you wake up in India and tell your friends and relations, my goodness, I've just discovered that I'm God. (coughs) They'll laugh and say, oh, congratulations, at last you found out. Interesting. Then this brings us to Nargis Allegria. Okay? To become absolute, you have to accept that you are God, that there is only God, that there is only God. Remember, nothing exists outside of the infinite. So you have to admit that others are gods too. But if your love does not stretch that far, you are blinded by your shadow. Don't complain that liberation did not happen yet. Why should freedom reveal itself to someone who refuses to embody love? When you're ready to perceive God in everything, you have opened a gate. The gate that opens the possibility of being eaten raw by the absolute. P.S. Everything you hate is God because there is only God. Anything you think that should not be happening is God because there is only God. Realize they're only being God and it will prevail. First in your experience, then in the collective. 
<clears throat> now they try and tell you this in the Bible. I was going to ask. Okay. Okay. Good. The right time. They frame try right. and tell you this in the Bible, but you don't know how to read this. Isaiah forty-five seven. God says, "I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things." God is everything. Okay, the good, the bad, everything. Nothing. There's not an infinite creator, and then there's us being judged by the infinite. No, we are part of the creation. We are part of everything. Everything in existence is a part of God. The good, the bad, all of it. Religious people can't admit they are God. Only Jesus and God are God. But how can something exist outside the infinite? Now, string theory used to be the most cutting-edge quantum physics, and it talks of 11 dimensions to make it work. Now, that was 20 years ago, by the way. Right, right. Now, the most cutting-edge quantum physics states that the, states that the universe is conscious. Well, yes. welcome to the fucking party. Okay? <laughs> okay. That's cutting-edge quantum physics. Right. Incidentally, Hermes, Trismegistus, or Toth, talked about string theory 6,000 years ago. The third hermetic principle is the principle of vibration. Nothing rests. Everything vibrates. Okay? You are God experiencing itself subjectively through amnesia. The book of Thomas, saying 77, split a piece of wood and I am there. Raise up a stone and you will find me. God is everything, the wood, the stone, and this now makes sense. In the Quran, 532, that is why we decreed for the children of Israel that whoever kills a soul without it being guilty of manslaughter or corruption on the earth is as though he has killed all mankind, and whoever saves a life is as though he has saved all mankind, because we are all one, we are all God, and this makes sense now when you understand it from that point of view. From that perspective, Matthew yeah. Matthew twenty five forty, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Okay, we are all one. This makes sense now. We are all God, therefore we are all infinite and eternal. The total amount of consciousness on this planet for humans is one. We are all sharing the same consciousness. We just have different filters. We have the five senses. Some people can't hear so well. Some people are colorblind. Some people are deaf. Some people are blind. Some people are, it doesn't matter. You're experiencing the same exact consciousness. Okay. What I perceive as the world outside me is no different than you perceiving the world outside you, but we are as one. When you realize that you are eternal and you are God, because if you are part of God, okay, if you are part of God, mm-hmm then you are eternal. Okay. Just as the enlightened have realized in the past, you get filled with love. You no longer fear death and you are driven to love one another, not because of fear of punishment, like the religious, the biggest mystery of life is sitting in front of you in plain sight. The religious texts allude to it, but they never come out and say it. You also have to understand that when you come to this realization and this hits people at different ways, some people get very angry at it. Some people embrace it. Some people takes a while to this, there's no right way to handle this information. Right. Okay. But once you feel this in your soul, okay, that is the exact, exact same feeling that religious people get when they become saved. Okay. Which is why it is so hard for the religious people to break away from that fear and uh, God fearing paradigm. 
Okay. They are ruled by fear. Whereas what I'm telling you is ruled by love. This is why it's so hard for them to let go of their holy books as a literal text, which brings me to my next point. The Bible is made up of 10 holy sciences. Okay. Metaphysical, astrological, which I go into very deeply. Okay. Anatomical, alchemical, spiritual, esoteric, and mythology. It is also an etymology book. It is also a numerology book. Okay. It is also gematria. Okay. The one thing or the four things that the Bible is not is it's not a literal book. It's not historical. It's not reality. And it's not original. I've been studying astrotheology for 10 years. I did a presentation with you guys two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've been studying it for 10 years. I've been teaching it for, well, maybe 10 and a half years. I've been teaching it for a little longer than two years now. Um, each one of these sciences requires that much study to understand what the Bible is. The Bible is the most extraordinary book that has ever been put together. It is absurd how much information is in here and how deeply encoded it is. And if you go to my YouTube channel, Micah Dank Truth Bombs, I break down astrotheologically. I have a playlist, astrotheology, where I break down things astrologically and show you how this works. Okay. There is more to learn about the Bible than you can learn in one lifetime because you need to put at least 10 years. You need to put Malcolm Gladwell's, uh, what, what did he say? It was 10,000 hours. Yeah. 10,000 hours into each one of these. Okay. But it is not literal. It is not historical and it is not original. Okay. Okay. And so we're all God interacting with itself. We are eternal and infinite and powerful. We use DMT and hallucinogenics to see other realms and connect with God. We meditate to lose the voice in our head so we can become with the one with the all. This is the secret of life. We are all God. Our experience, our consciousness is God. That's what it is. We are all part of God. The meaning of life is to find your gift. And the purpose of life is to give it away. And that's my presentation, guys. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, no shit. Um, literally, that's cr- <laughs> that's crazy. So I'll tell you what. We are, so I've jotted some notes here. Want to talk about this with you, Micah, go through some of this, what we're at. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, let's kind of dissect what you laid out. And then I think really talk about why this is such a new concept that you have found and why it hasn't been really found before, amongst other things. So um, stand by. We'll be right back. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? contemplate the other side of reality do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense well look no further than strange uncles find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945 open the gates Right, and we're back with Micah Danks. Um, first of all, I mean, extraordinary. So, I mean, breaking it down like that, I mean, it, it, it makes sense. Here's, I guess, the first question, and there's a lot of them, to be honest with you, Micah. I, I think the first thing would be, why? 
how come this hasn't out of you talk about billions of people that's come and gone, whatever have you, how come this hasn't stuck? How come this just hasn't been? There's been other people through history who has read the Bible and the Quran and other. There's scriptures. a lot of people. There's a, there's a lot of people who who um, who know this. Okay. okay. See, the thing is, is that you got to understand this: is that people who understand what I just told you about God, knowing that you're God, and then you're just living in love. Okay, you hear about Eastern philosophies, right? Okay, you Upanishads, all that kind of stuff. You hear about um, Nisargadatta. You like you hear about all these people. Um, they know this stuff. They know this stuff. Alan Watts, I read you that quote, knows mm-hmm. this stuff. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that they're driven to love because that's what they do. Okay, whereas I'm driven to share with everyone. Mm-hmm. That's why I share my astrotheology with everybody. That's why I share this with everybody. Um, the problem with a lot of people is they didn't really have a way to, um, how do I say this? Um, understand modern society and how to market this the right way. Okay. I'll give you that one. I, I can see that, especially in our world nowadays. It's so convoluted. You know, tech, as great as it is, has not helped the internet and everything else right. that, I mean, there's different, like you mentioned your rabbit hole series, but literally people get let down a rabbit hole every day because right. of just misinformation, whatever have you. So I'm certainly, you know, it's not going to help nowadays in where we are present times. So what's the solution for that? You know, I mean, what's the answer? I'm, Go just look. Gonna keep, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and just sharing this information. You know, I've come a long way in two years, right? You right. know, my books, my book series, uh, we're trying to pitch it to TV producers and like streaming services and stuff mm-hmm. because it's written in fiction. And when I started writing my book series, I was like, I have so much information in my head that I want to write a book series about it. And then as I started to write, an idea popped in my head because I'd studied, I have a, I have a literature, language and criticism, which is literally what I do mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. degree. And I remember reading like 1984, Brave New World, all the Philip K. Dick stuff, Minority Report, and all, all that stuff. I'm like, well, if you want to, if you want to teach people, you have to teach them through fiction because that's how that's how people absorb. They absorb slowly. I, I was fiction. I was going to ask. Okay, I, mean, I think we talked about this last time we had John because it was most of what I read. You know, of course, in this this fringe field, whatever have you, it isn't fiction. It it's you know it's the other side of what that is. And I had asked right. you that, and that and was the a problem. Very- is is that you 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 deal with a lot of cognitive dissonance. Yeah, with agreed. people who, you know, they'll either take to it or they'll get rid of it. But if you give someone someone something that's fiction, mm-hmm. the thing about fiction is that you have to buy into the reality that I am writing and creating for you. I am shaping a world right. for you. You have to buy into that world, and it has to make sense to you, even in a fringe way. It has to make sense to you. Otherwise, you're not going to read the books, and you're going to think it's shit. Right. Okay? So I started writing, and I was like, I have all this stuff in my head. I, I want to write all this stuff. I've got nine books on it. And I was like, I still have so much shit that I haven't even put into the books, but I don't want to keep, I don't want to make like a 17 book series. That's crazy. (laughs) So I was like, um, so I started a YouTube channel, Micah Dank truth bombs. You know, I hope your listeners will come over and check out some of my stuff. I have a lot of short videos, but basically that's, that's basically what I do is I'm just trying to teach people this kind of stuff. Try to try to get the word out. By the way, we'll put that link in our show notes too for the YouTube chat because that's fairly new for you, right? You said you've been doing that. Yeah, for yeah. Like that's six that's only about five, six months old. Right, right. 
Yeah, yeah, I subscribe to it. It's amazing stuff. And I'll be honest with you, I've got, I haven't got all your book series. I think I've got four. I'm, I'm missing some, but I, I have read them. And I, how they're laid out, fictional wise, you know, like I said in the intro, you've really got to read between the lines in a way mm-hmm. to understand what that is. So I've got a couple things. I and I just more clarification than anything. You mentioned um, vibrations. Yeah. Right? You know, we're all whole, we all have these vibrations. Do you do you categorize vibrations and frequencies the same or in your thought, your research, are are, are those two totally different things? That makes sense? Frequencies, frequencies are um, frequencies can be made up of things like sine waves. Okay. Whenever you're looking at the the brain waves, the alpha, mm-hmm. delta, beta, mm-hmm. gamma, brain waves, those are frequencies. Okay. A vibration is just the small vibration. See at the Planck level, which is the smallest measurable level. Mm-hmm. that you can have it was named after max Planck. your strings that vibrate how they twist and turn and vibrate gives it its five senses gives it its taste its color and all this stuff right that was string theory 20 years ago well hermes was talking about this six thousand years ago right with yeah. the principle so we're relearning things as they say there's nothing new under the sun they say there's nothing new under the sun we're just relearning everything it's how you're perceiving you know like you said mm-hmm. we're walking around literally with um amnesia we are. People are walking around, looking for God, praying to God, you know, praying to God, looking for God, going through, you know, using drugs, alcohol, masturbation, fast mm-hmm. food, mm-hmm. all this kind of shit as distractions because their soul is empty, not realizing that the secret is that you are God. And I'm not just saying you, I'm not just saying me. If I said it was just me, that's one thing. Everything is God. Well, if you said it was just you, then that would turn you into a cult leader. So totally different thing, for sure. Um, So we had a, uh, in fact, we had a couple of individuals. We had one uh, that came on and his, you had mentioned consciousness and you'd mentioned, you know, we're all sharing one consciousness and, and this used to be something. And again, maybe this was discovered and it was kind of buried, you know, decades ago or centuries ago, whatever have you. But now, you know, there's some very substantial thought, you know, we try to follow the scientific research. We try to follow the news and the papers, things like that, that there are more and more scientists turning towards that realization that our brain is not what creates consciousness. It's no. just a radio. And we're no, your whole body, your whole ether. body, your whole body replaces. So aside from the neurons in your brain, mm-hmm. which don't replace. Okay. But you're, your brain, your body replaces itself every seven years. Mm-hmm. You get a, you get a new stomach lining every like four to six minutes. You get a new liver every, what is it? Two, two to four months. Um, you, you, all this stuff, you know, that it, your body replaces itself. So if it was stored in the body, by the time the brain is done replacing itself, which I think is every two months, mm-hmm. um, you'd be a completely different person. Now, some might say that after the seven years, you are a different person. Right. Some might say that, but, that feeling of I am me and, and how your thoughts are and your patterns of behavior and your, um, your habits, your nuances, what makes you uniquely you, um, that stays. Okay. That's just, an ex- that's just God expressing himself as shame. Mm-hmm. That's all that is. Because nothing exists outside the infinite. So I'm still picking you know, that up. Really- Go ahead, Micah. Sorry. I was just going to say is if you're religious, you have to explain how God is omnipotent, omniscient, infinite. You have to explain how something exists outside of infinity. See, what religion has done, all religions have done, is it set up a duality that God is separate from you and someone that should be feared and prayed to. 
Yep. That's not the case at all. That's not the case at all. We are all God. That's why in Isaiah 45, 7, he says, I create the light and the dark. I create the good and the evil. Well, of course he does. God is everything. God is everything. So when you talk about that, you know, what makes me, me or you, you, you know, what makes Shane, Shane, you know, I'm, I'm just, you know, again, back to consciousness, like it's because it's, it's baffling to be honest with you. I mean, the whole idea, how come somebody else out there, if we're all sharing a consciousness, isn't picking up Shane or picking up you? What makes us that unique? Well, then that- you get, you get, you get into the whole idea of, um, of, uh, past and future lives, reincarnation. You get that whole thing. I would, I was going to go there actually. So yeah, I was going to ask you about reincarnation. Right. Yeah. You know, the truth of the matter is, is that you're born here with amnesia. You're born here with a clean slate. Mm-hmm. You have no idea what your soul has been through. Yeah. When you pass on to the next dimension. Okay. When you pass on to the next, the ancients knew this. You've heard of Nibiru? Uh, vaguely. I think, yeah. The name rings a bell. Nibiru, the, the, the eighth planet, right? Mm-hmm. Nibiru was not a planet. Nibiru in Sumerian means to cross over. Okay, oh, it, was a, it was a plane of existence that happens after here. The river sticks. You put the two coins in the eyes and sent them on into the, into the afterlife. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Um, there is no way you would know that you feeling a shame who you feel you are right now. You did not go through life as a peasant girl 500 years ago with the same feeling. You have right. no idea of knowing that. And I think when you die, you're oversold. You figure it out. You, you, it's like when, when you pass on, your memory comes back. Well, Because think about it. Think about it. Yeah. What is the purpose of life? Life is to grow in love. Life is to mm-hmm. grow and to learn to love. Mm-hmm. To choose good, not bad. You know, hopefully people could do that without religion. Um, life is all about that. Okay? Now, if you knew... That you were God, you were infinite, and if you knew that when you die, nothing bad happens, where's the incentive? Wouldn't you just do whatever you want to do? Granted. That's the whole thing with religion. Religion keeps you lock and key in church, praying to God, you know, God-fearing religious. The Jews do the same thing. The Muslims mm-hmm. do the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's- I show how... Depending on the age, we're in the age of Aquarius now. But before this was the age of Pisces. Right. Before that was the age of Aries. Okay. Before that, it was the age of Taurus. Okay. Each one of these people had specific beliefs based on the Zodiac. So let me ask you something. And again, it's going to be hard to kind of describe, I guess. And, and Josh, feel free to step in whenever. I mean, I'm <laughs> got to wrap my mind around this. So, sure. you know, you... So, so let's take religion out of it. I mean, that's another mute point. I mean, honestly, I, I mean, everyone on this call, I have a feeling, believe, you know, knows kind of religion. Absolutely, you're right, Micah. It really, mankind has figured out how to run you from fear and power right. for whatever reason, you know, and that holds you, you know, it makes you, basically it makes religion a, a, a weapon. They weaponized it. And, and again, my opinion, there's some people, if you're devout, you're devout, and that's perfectly fine. You can have your belief. That's fine. But you take religion out of the whole thing, and you just look at energy and consciousness and, and what that works. You know, because I don't believe there's a magic man in the sky that can do whatever we're doing. I think there's kind of, I mean, I hate to say it, but similar to what you're saying, we're all 
it's all one energy. It's all one thing. You're all part of one thing. It's just understanding what that is. But why are we recycled? Why are we just these flesh vessels walking around doing this over again? Well, the purpose so, and the meaning. So the so how that basically works is that you have a soul, you have a life. Mm-hmm. You do certain things in life. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you reincarnate back on earth, you have to do because you didn't learn all the life lessons that you needed to learn. Okay. Maybe you were think about the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe you were a fornicator. Maybe you were a glutton. Maybe you were the, you, sure. you, you abused things and you have to come back to earth. See, they now are explaining in science in labs that trauma is literally passed down through DNA. Interesting. I've never heard of it. Okay. Wow. Huh. Crazy. So, and if that's the case, and I've heard that before, you know, it's like, you know, you hear the term old souls, right? You know, yeah, yeah. yeah these people kind of get it, whatever have you. So I'm assuming the end game is, you know, you understand it, you learn it, you live it, and your energy goes where? I mean, and I think that's always been a question to ask myself, like. It goes back to the, it goes back to the ether. It just goes back you, to the you ether. Go, and, you, you go on to your next stage of learning. But, it, but okay. Okay, fair enough. So if we're going by your theory, which again, you know, very validated, then that energy that goes back to the ether, that again can help share the knowledge, share love, share whatever it is, just in a different form, a higher form maybe. Right, there's three different, so you've heard of the three dimensions, right? Length, width, and height that make up like a cube. How it's three right, dimensions. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flat pack cube, you get across. That's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, there is also three dimensions of life on earth. You have the plant dimension, which is the first dimension. You have the animal dimension, which is the second dimension. And you have the human dimension, which is the third dimension. Okay. Okay. Um, So there is that. Um, So do we think if you're looking at, say, an animal dimension is uh, energy, let's call it energy. Let's not even call it soul. Let's just call it energy just to split semantics a bit. Maybe that energy that belongs to that animal hasn't quite got right. it yet. And that's why the next plane, once they get it, then that next plane moves up to that human platform. Is you got to understand is that we're, we're all, we're all, we're all sharing one consciousness. It's right. the filters that make us feel different. Okay. Dogs can hear sounds that we cannot. Right. Okay. Right. Cats can see uh, spirits. Okay. You ever, you have a, you, you have, you're, you have a, you have a son, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Have you ever gone through something when he was like one or two years old and he was like in his bedroom and he was looking at the ceiling and he was like, grandma says hi, or has he ever said anything? Like I don't that? even want to talk about that because absolutely, he had a thing where he would stare at the corner of his crib and watch the lady in white watch over him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know why that happens? Because they're seeing you know through why that. that happens? They're seeing because through that Because cats, cats were revered in Egypt. Egypt was obsessed with the dead. Right. I they remember. wrote a book on it, the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Mm-hmm. They were obsessed with cats because cats could pierce that veil. Babies can too. Do you know why? Because their whole fucking system hasn't been fluoridated yet. The one thing that fluoride does in the medications, in the water, in the food, in, the, in everything, okay, in the toothpaste, okay, mm. what fluoride does is a calcium is the pineal gland okay when you're born and your pineal gland is just fresh that's why you can pierce the veil through the other side and like you literally just confirmed for me i did we have this discussion that your son saw this beforehand no no, no. i just knew yeah 
Because yeah, yeah. every everyone has a story like that. Right. Shared consciousness. Interesting. So let's. Uh, so the last question I get. Well, I've got a couple, but actually, when we talk about you mentioned um, DMT and yes. hallucinogens, things like this. You know, of course, obviously, you know, we're playing with what, and, and again, you know, semantics, we're playing whatever society's parameters are, right? I mean, that's where we have religion. That's why everybody's either Republican or Democrat or whatever. Right. I mean, whatever you want to label yourself, right. everybody has to have a lane. What they are is, what they are, they're distractions from yeah. realizing your true self. That's, that's what I was getting to. So that basically, this is these man-made materialistic walls that we have built within ourselves. Right to separate ourselves from what's going on when you, so there's been studies with DMT and hallucinogens and, and I don't know how much you know about this, but, and again, this is something that as of more recently, there's been more and more research, more and more studies that these things connect. You mentioned the pineal gland. I mean, that's something that they really are studying. Like what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Like, do you think we're on the, on the right, I guess, road when we talk about using but you know what they're actually, so, the, so- there's a channeler that I listen to named Bashar. Okay, he's channeled by Dalanka, and um, he was talking about DMT. And he says we're on the third dimension. Technically, it's the fourth dimension because time is a dimension. So we're on the fourth dimension. Okay. He says DMT brings you up to the sixth, seventh, and eighth dimension because remember, there's eleven in string theory. Right. Okay. What they're doing now, in 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 secret rooms in the military, what they're doing in closed off testing things. And I write about this in one of my books. I think you probably are going to remember this. It's called the DMT drip. What they basically, yeah, it was in my fourth book. Yeah. So what they basically do is DMT floods your brain twice in your life. Well, it's more than twice, but it's in two scenarios. The first is it floods your brain as you're dreaming. It causes you to dream. The second time DMT floods your body is right before you die. As your body's shutting down, as, right. as you're dying, okay, it floods your body. That's why you see the white light. That's why you see all that. You have a hallucinogenic trip right before you die. Everyone does it. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter if you're drowning, okay? If you're drowning, a lot of people say they just start feeling very warm um, and, and very soft and very, very loved, very hugged. It's, <clears throat> it's the same thing. But what they're doing now is they're synthetically producing DMT. And what they're doing is they're injecting it into people through an IV drip at a very slow but consistent rate to keep people under. And they're putting these scientists under. And what they're doing is they're literally like, you remember the legend of Zelda on, um, on like Nintendo or whatever, or any of those video games that have like a map or any of those video games that have like a map that you have to follow. Mm -hmm. That's what they're doing. They're mapping out the dimension because everybody's Mm -hmm. always seen, you're talking about the mechanical elves. Everybody's always seen these same exact how many people have to have the same exact experience? You know, granted, yeah, no, and you got a point the there same because thing it- you do when um, when people have near death experiences, right? And people are like, well, if Jesus isn't real, how do so many people see it? Jesus is an archetype. He's an astrotheological, allegorical, anthropomorphic allegory for the sun going through the hero's journey of the twelve zodiac signs. The reason so many people see Jesus is because when entities come to visit you, they don't want to scare the shit out of you. So what they do is they come as familiar, friendly faces. Mm-hmm. And the malevolent ones come as the ones that will scare the shit out of you the most. Right. But right. that's why so many people see Jesus. You know, hmm. Buddha would come to, to the Hindus. 
Yeah. Yeah, Siddhartha Gautama, the original Buddha. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Mike, my mind's blown a little bit. I mean, I, I've heard bits and pieces of this. We've, we, Of course, we've been doing this show, and we've, you know, we both, Josh and I, you know, we read and we study, we, we you know, pay attention to what new research, whatever have you, but putting it all together in this conjecture is just kind of amazing. Um, when you talk about, I, I think it's one of the last questions I got really for you, and I think it's more curiosity than anything. You know, you mentioned, you know, Bible is your main study. You know, you, you've interpreted, pulled that apart, whatever have you. Quran is another one. Do you think there's any other scriptures that you haven't got to, or do you think do you think all religious texts and scriptures out there have something to lend towards this phenomenon? So, this symbolism? Well, one thing I have to the one thing I have to be honest with mm-hmm. is I am not very familiar with the Chinese zodiac. I'm not familiar with with China, okay. and um, I am familiar with a little bit of Eastern philosophy. Okay, but what I'm not familiar with is astrotheology in their holy texts. Right, I stick mostly to the Western. Okay. Fair enough, man. A lot of stuff to digest. I, yeah, I don't know. Um, you, you, I'm sorry, Josh. I've been hogging this <laughs> this whole show. I don't know if you have anything on your side. No, I'm just trying to like process it. You know, wrap my brain around it. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you know, and here's the thing. What's sad about it, and and I know you don't have this answer, but we do talk about this. Is and again, everybody has a belief system. We're not here to to belittle you know, anybody's beliefs, whatever have you. But man, I'll I tell you, it, it really is. I think we don't make ground as a society, as human beings, where we should be, whether it's sharing the love, sharing the knowledge, because of these things that are in play, you know, the, the people that are right. supposedly in charge and they would rather Shane, put it's you- an unfortunate fact. It's an unfortunate truth of life. That society <laughs> yeah, yeah. only moves forward as quickly as the dumbest one holds us back. That's very true. Very true. That's amazing. That's amazing, Micah. Do you have, so yeah, I don't have anything else to say. I mean, I, number one, fantastic PowerPoint. Definitely something. Um, hopefully listeners, you know, feel free to write us. Uh, if you have anything, you know, you want to reach out to Micah, or you have questions about this, at strangeuncles at gmail.com. Um, your book, Micah, too, again, into the rabbit hole series. Uh, you said, see what well, you've got six out now, right? Or seven. Is that correct? So what I do, let me, let me, let me, let me tell you what I do is I sell okay. signed copies of my books, but I only sell the series. And it's because I don't have an influx of, um, of, uh, author copies. Mm-hmm. Okay. I have mm-hmm. to buy them in sets. Okay. So if, if like a lot of people want book one, like that's going to throw off the numbers. So I only sell the sets one through seven. So I do sell signed copies of my sets. I also sell a flash drive if people are interested that have my seven books out so far, they're unlocked digitals. Oh. What I mean by that is you can read them on your tablet. You can read them on your phone. And to be honest with you, you could share them with the world. Once mm-hmm. you buy it, it's do whatever you want. I also include all my PowerPoints for all this, my work. Wow. That's amazing. So I sell the signed copies of my books and I sell a PowerPoint with all my work. So again, let's just uh, let the listeners know where they can, if they want that, they want that flash, right? Where they can, where they can, they find that. What's the best way to yeah. reach you? So uh, I'm on, I'm on Twitter at real Mr. Dank spell out, Mr. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Micah Dank. And um, my email is into the rabbit hole series at gmail.com. Okay. I have a YouTube channel that I would love, love, love more than anything. All of you guys to come and take a look at my channel and subscribe. It's called Micah Dank Truth Bombs. And if you go to my YouTube channel, 
and you click on the playlist, I have it broken down into three sections. The first set of videos is astrotheology, which is my breakdown of all the holy texts that I was talking about. The second playlist that I have is all my, I call them short bombs. They're three to four minutes clips of mind-blowing information that hasn't made its way into my books yet, Hmm. or only some of it has. And the third one that I have, the third playlist, is interviews that I've done on my channel. Oh, awesome. Okay, and we'll put all that in the show notes. We'll put all the ways to find you, to reach out to you. Um, I know I've reached out to you before on Twitter, just, you know, DMs. Um, You've been great to respond with that. Uh, Yeah, I I really don't know what to say other than I I think it's a lot to swallow. It's a lot to to put out, but I, I hope that people... I don't know. I hope people pay attention. I really do. You know, I, I, I think people are so used to the norm and what's conventional. And uh, and really, you know, that's not the answer in life. I, I think we need to break the box and get the fourth wall knocked down a bit. Yeah, um, I, ha- I, have to t- I have to tell you, this is that you will go through the five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. It will break you down. And then you will build yourself back up and you will see the world through different eyes. A hundred percent. Crazy. I, absolutely crazy. No, that, that's amazing. Um, I appreciate your time. I know it's late on your side. Uh, a lot to share for sure. Um, we're going to go ahead and thank you off air, Micah. Um, Josh, I don't know if you have anything to follow up with or. Uh, no, I'm just. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that's a lot. <laughs> it is absolutely a lot for sure. And I know that, uh, like I said, I've, I've read your books. Looking forward to reading the new ones. Um, I'm definitely going to process a different way. And, uh, yeah, you know, look for me to reach out maybe maybe to you, Mike. And I'd be more than happy to spread the word on a different uh, way to live life because I'll tell you what, uh, for millions of people, uh, how we're doing it now in present-day times isn't working. So, you know, there's got to be more out there for sure. So, anyway. Uh, so, if you want to stand by, we'll thank you off air. Everybody, uh, that was Micah Danks. Thanks. Yeah, so I um I don't know, man. Like I said, I think I I had other questions to ask him. I don't I, I, I really do it's one of those things where you just kinda gotta sit down and I mean, I'll be honest with you, usually you don't listen to our podcast over again unless sometimes we have some really good guests on and so I'll re listen to what they say and kinda take, you know, what they take what they say in and kinda digest it a bit. Um and this is definitely one of them. You know, I wanna re listen back to it listen to what he says, see his breakdown of what he was talking about. Uh, and again, like I said in the, in the interview, the whole idea of sharing consciousness fascinates me. It fascinates me. I, and I, to me, it makes sense rather than our brain somehow is just all of a sudden consciousness one day and it just happens and it appears and nobody can explain it, but that's what it is and we're good. Having this whole idea of we're all one ether, we're all sharing, we're all together. How do you get over that stigma that, you know, we're not putting God, like Micah says, on a pedestal over here, separating ourselves. We literally are walking around with amnesia. Like that whole premise is just just mind-boggling, honestly. Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a headache. Um, <laughs> 80% just from today, a little bit from like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? How do you How do you consume this a bit? So. Yeah, just like, how do I, I don't, like, I get it, but I don't get it. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, 100%. Well, and you know, honestly, you know, that's why I wanted to kind of separate the religion aspect from it because we, well, especially on this podcast, we know where we stand, but, you know, and again, not belittling anybody who's a believer, but you really have to take religion, which is a man-made structure, and it really is. I don't care which way you look at it. You separate it, put it over here in this basket so we can look at what Mike is talking about, you know, and then maybe bring, once you understand it and kind of digest it a bit and go, okay, you know, I can wrap my head around this. Then bring that religion, that man-made thing into it again in the equation and kind of seeing how it fits in the puzzle. I I don't know. Personally, I think maybe that's the only way you could do it um, because you really got to separate the two. You know, not saying, again, even the Bible, you know, Mike was saying, yeah, it's a it's an amazing book. Like it's one of the greatest books ever written, greatest books ever known. I, I, you know, I'll give him that. You know, I mean, I've read the Bible a few times over. But at the end of the day, the Bible was still, and, and maybe this is something I should have brought up in the podcast on the interview, but at the end of the day, the Bible was still written by man. You know, it wasn't yeah. like it was handed down. It was still written by us. I mean, he so. did just, he did also say it's not that it's fictional, that it's not historical, that it's not right. You know, literal, all that stuff. Yeah. But which in that, and I think that's really the dividing literal. And there's so many zealots out there. Again, the ones who are either too far left or too far right. But the religious zealots that just like they live and breathe what that Bible says and they take it literally, but they take it in their own perception and and a lot of blood gets spilt because of that. And a lot of blood has been spilt because of that. So, you know, there's there's that aspect of it. Um, I'm all for loving my neighbor. I, I'll tell you honestly, yeah, that's not gross. But I mean, really, we <laughs> just got to I don't know. You know, you know, I think sharing, giving, trying to be a better person religion doesn't make you do that. Your moral standards and ethics make you do that. If you need a book to tell you and go to church to tell you not to kill somebody, I think you're a little askew to begin with. But, you know, again, you know, the the jury's out. And maybe that's what I, we should have asked him. How do you explain that? How do you explain the 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 serial killers and the people that are, the, the people that do murder, the people that do, like if we're all sharing and we're all supposed to be one how the hell these guys over here must really have not gotten it the first hundred times around in order to still be still be doing that? I, I don't know, you know. Yeah, well, it sounds like it's a process and a and a journey, and not like a uh, like a like a video game where you know you just beat the game and you're done. You know right. what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 And Especially the, if you're yeah. starting from scratch every time. Right. Well, and that's the thing too. And if you're starting from scratch, you know, like I asked him, what's a premise here? What's the end game? I mean, why are we doing this? And if we're doing it because we need to get to that level, to get to that other dimension, to get to that, you know, to help the ether in a higher way, you know, so be it. I, you know, I mean that, that makes sense. That makes a lot more sense than a, a burning bush or a red sea is being parted. You know what I mean? So anyway, but uh, interesting subject. Great interview. Um, folks, you know, listeners that reach out, if you have any questions, whatever have you, again, we'll put all of his links in the show notes, how to get a hold of them. I've got four of his books. Um, I think John orders some too. They are f- really, really good. You've kind of got to wrap your mind around the fact that they are fiction or they're written like fiction. And you really just got to kind of read between the pages and figure out what that looks like. I usually don't read things like that, but, um, but they are amazing, you know, so by all means, pick them up. We'll put all that in the show notes. Um, and if you have any questions, concern, you know, something to reach out again, you can email us at strange at gmail.com. You can call us at 801-252-69. 
45. I'm not going to make you do it because you're just exhausted over there, dude. So (laughs) I'm fucking neat. (laughs) Anyway, and we will go from there. Um, I guess socials wise, you know. Oh, Strange Uncles podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Strange Uncles on Twitter, patreon.com slash Strange Uncles and YouTube that will someday get updated. Yeah. Someday. Yeah. Well, like I said, we, we got plans of attack here. You know, we just got to life has to slow down a little bit and we'll, we'll, we'll get it situated. But anyway, um, thanks everybody. Appreciate it. Uh, we've got, uh, I think I want to say three or four more episodes till the end of the season. Got uh, another couple guests lined up and we got some good write-ups lined up. Hopefully you like the occultism part one, part two. Um, that was interesting to do. It was a lot of fun stuff and well, not fun stuff. It was interesting to study the history and the different sects and, and what they are. And we already actually had uh, some feedback on uh, on those uh, two episodes. So, you know, good good positive feedback on that. Or at least I'm going to interpret them as positive <laughs> and go from there. But anyway, but uh, that's all I got. I guess uh, I'll let you go. I'll let you go uh, wind down because I harassed you from the very beginning of this thing. <laughs> and um, yeah, folks, stand by for more. Close the gates.